What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we had a smaller slate of games for the second day of the season. The reason they do this is because they build in an off day right after opening day, just in case there's a rain out or weather issue on that first day. As you know, a lot of these teams are in northern locations where the weather isn't great yet You know, at this time of year. Spring is just barely sprung in parts of the U.S., and there are some parts like Boston, New York, Minnesota that it's still actually pretty cold up there. So it's likely that they might have some bad weather, which we've historically seen. So Major League Baseball builds in an off day in case that first day gets rained out. They can make it up the second day. So as a result of that, there were only six games. Actually, no, five games on the second day of the season. But before we get into that, let's talk about some news that's coming out of San Diego Jake Cronenworth and the Padres have agreed to a seven-year extension. So it's going to be a seven-year, $80 million deal for Jake Cronenworth. And the deal doesn't start until 2024, so next year. This is going to take Jake Cronenworth through his age 36 season, I believe. If I'm doing that math correctly, yes. It will take him through his age 36 season. So... Cronenworth is a two-time All-Star. He's been great with the Padres. Versatile player, versatile defender, a uh, capable second baseman, first baseman, and shortstop in his big league career thus far. He can even pitch a little bit for you, except we know position player pitching is is uh, kind of going away now to an extent. He was a pitcher in college, two-way guy in college. But at this point, he's most... He's mostly been at second base since coming up in 2020. However, the Padres signing Xander Bogarts has pushed him to first base for the season because it moved Hassan Kim to second base and moved Jake Cronenworth to first base. And Jake Cronenworth's new contract runs through 2030, so that adds further long-term stability to an infield that already has Bogarts and Manny Machado. I think this tells us that the Padres are definitely going to have Fernando Tatis in the outfield moving forward. I think that's exactly what this tells you. Because the left side is taken care of. Bogey and Machado are going to be on the left side. Hassan Kim is really now the only expendable player at second base, but he's been pretty solid. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's been pretty solid, especially in 2022. He was much better. When Tatis gets back, he's probably going to be in right field. But... Let's talk about Cronenworth a little bit. Drafted by the Rays in the seventh round in 2015 out of Michigan. As I said, he was a two-way player, but he was traded to San Diego in December of 2019. It was Cronenworth and Tommy Pham going to the Padres in exchange for Hunter Renfro, Xavier Edwards, and Esteban Quiroz. So Cronenworth was actually a two-way guy in the minor leagues as well. And the Padres asked him to pause on the pitching idea in 2020. And he made their opening day roster in July of that year. You know, that pandemic shortened season. That was when opening day was. And he ended up getting the bulk of the Padres innings at second base as a rookie in 2020. When Hosmer was the first baseman and Tatis was their shortstop. And he ended up tying Alec Bohm for second in the NL Rookie of the Year voting behind Devin Williams. Then they went out and got Hassan Kim the following year, December 2020. I'm sorry, that same winter, December 2020. And some people talked about Cronenworth getting outfield reps, but that never happened. He ended up filling in for Tatis at shortstop when Tatis was hurt at points in 2021 and ended up earning his first all-star nod. So 
That's his first All-Star appearance. Keep in mind, like I said, two-time All-Star. So his second All-Star appearance was 2022. So he's made an All-Star team each of the last two years. So the first season, 2021, he had a 116 weighted runs created plus. Second season, 2022, he had a 109 weighted runs created plus. His offense slipped a little bit last year, but his solid defense around the infield, above average hitting, super durable, super versatile, gave him 4.1 wins above replacement. We're getting an outstanding player here. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do everything. So it makes sense that they're going to give reward him with this extension because that's someone you want on your team. You're going to find a place for Jake Cronenworth to play. His bat will play at any position. I mean, some people say they don't really like his bat much at first base. Whatever. I mean, he's not, yes, he's not the prototypical first baseman, but look what you're getting. You're still getting a player with a career 117 OPS+. plus. He's, he's going to hit. He's going to hit enough to play at any position. You can put him at a quarter if you want to. Of course, his bat profiles better if he's playing at second or short, but whatever. I mean, you have to look at it within the context of the Padres, right? It doesn't matter that he's not a prototypical first baseman for the Padres, but the Padres have bats anywhere. I mean, you, you could profile Machado or Bogarts or Tatis's bat as, as corner guys if you wanted to. So it doesn't really matter from top to bottom. Their lineup is going to be very solid. So shout out to Jake Cronenworth. Like I said, eight years, sorry, seven years, $80 million going to kick in next year. So jumping to the games that we were able to see for the second game of the season. So second day of the season, we had the Marlins beating the Mets 2-1 in Miami. Jorge Soler with a nice all-around performance. Two for four with a homer and an RBI for him, Jesus Luzardo was on the bump, five and two thirds with zero earned runs and five strikeouts against the Mets. So, I mean, Soler, homers, ends up, you know, he actually got some MVP chance from his teammates, but I think it's it's a bit early in the season for that. We know what Jorge, Jorge Soler can do. Remember when he was back on the, I think, yeah, it was him. He was back on the Royals when he led the American League in homers. He has power, he's got some speed, and he's a versatile player. I like that the Marlins were using some uh, throwback uniforms back to their Florida Marlins days. That's was, that was pretty cool. Haven't seen those uniforms in a long time. But they beat the Mets by a score of 2-1. In other news, in other news, moving on to other games that happened around the league, we had the second game of the season for the White Sox and Astros in Houston. So Houston got their revenge after losing on opening night. They come back and beat the White Sox by a score of 6-3. to Jordan Alvarez was in the middle of everything once again. He homered on opening night. He continued on day two and wins it for the Astros with a big RBI double, a go-ahead double there for the Houston Astros. So Jordan is their guy. We saw him hit that big home run in the decisive game of the World Series last year. He's been great in the playoffs for multiple years. Jordan Alvarez is is that dude, and they're definitely going to lean on him heavily here with with Jose Altuve being out for the first two months. Okay, so Jordan's going to have to put the team on his back, but he's not the only one, of course. You know, the Astros lineup is the best in baseball from top to bottom. It really is. Kyle Tucker with a two-run homer also on Friday night, as you know, a lot of big expectations for him this year. You know, he's he's slowly risen his way to the top of the ranks as one of the best outfielders in baseball and he's showing that in the early going here with a home run 
out to San Diego. The Rockies beat the Padres again by a score of 4-1. So they're 2-0 to start the season. Of course, that really means nothing. But uh, Kyle Freeland with a strong start for Colorado. Six shutout innings with one strikeout. Definitely relied on his defense. But on the offensive side, Charlie Blackman with two for four with a homer and two RBIs and two runs scored for the Rockies leading the way. So, yeah, Padres 0-2 to start the season. But, hey, you know, it's baseball. As we know, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon. The season is a marathon. Don't really take too much. Uh, stock of that it is just it is just a game just one game and you can really say that in baseball then you have the d-backs beating the dodgers by a score of 2-1 and the guardians beating the mariners 9-4 so in the d-backs dodgers game you know this was obviously offense offense was at a it was limited here it was at a premium kyle lewis with a go-ahead home run for the D-backs here. Remember, he's been traded. He was He's no longer with the Seattle Mariners now that Julio Rodriguez basically came in and stole his job. Dustin May was on the bump for LA. Looked really good. Seven shutout innings with four strikeouts, but it wasn't enough. Mookie had a home run. That was the only run scored for the Dodgers as, you know, they just, they just didn't really have any answer. They just really didn't have an answer with the bats and the D-backs were able to throw Merrill Kelly and Jameson out there. It was a bit of a bullpen game there. Three and two-thirds from Kelly. Jameson for four innings and just good job from top to bottom for the D-backs. And as I said, last but not least, we have the Guardians beating the Mariners. This game was in Seattle by a score of nine to four. So plenty of offense in this game. Stephen Kwan, two for four with a double and a walk. Andres Jimenez, two for four. With a walk in three runs scored and a steal. Mike Zanino, one for three, two walks, two runs. Plenty of offense for the Guardians up in the Pacific Northwest. Five RBIs from Stephen Kwan. I think he'll uh, I think it'd be best to make him man of the match. But on the Seattle side, at least some highlights. Julio, two for five, leading off for the Mariners out there in center field. Robbie Ray got touched up. He went three and a third. And gave up three earned runs. He got touched up. So he's just going to try to turn the page and move on to the next one. But those were the games that happened. There, there was also a video that circulated. Yeah, there's a video circulating of Anthony Rendon getting into it with a fan out in Oakland. Apparently a fan heckled him. He grabs the fan by the shirt and kind of gets in the fan's face. Throws a, I think... He didn't try to throw a legitimate punch, but throws a fist at him, just saying to get away. Major League Baseball is investigating that uh, situation. I think we're surely going to see a a fine, a hefty fine for Rendon, but he can definitely afford it because he makes a lot of money. He's one of the highest paid players in all of baseball. He's making, I think he signed, what was it, seven years, 245 or something, something like 35 million a year, if I'm not mistaken, so or 235. Plenty of money to pay that fine. He'll be okay. It's been a frustrating few years for Rendon since he left Washington. He just hasn't been the same player ever since, largely due to injury. But fans are going to heckle. Fans are going to do things like that. I think you're just going to have to brush it off. It's way too early in the season to be getting into a fan's face like that. It's a long season, Anthony. So don't 
don't let that get at you. It's going to happen at more stadiums. So are you just going to get in every fan's face? Of course not. You're not going to do that. But that's what we see right now. All the other teams will be back in action over the weekend. So whatever team you support, watch them play. Enjoy that. But if you enjoyed this, please share it to someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.